You are listening to the teaching podcast of Praise Community Church in Mason City, Iowa. For more information about our church, please visit praisecc.org. last couple of weeks where we've been talking about these great, extraordinary, but ordinary people uh, who just walked and lived by faith. And we're looking at these great champions of biblical faith found there in uh, Hebrews chapter 11. And again, if you think about it, I mean, faith plays such a key, pivotal role in our Christian walk. I mean, starting from the minute we go from being born again to being a believer until we draw our final breath upon this earth. Ephesians 2 says we're saved by grace. It all starts with an act of grace. Second uh, Corinthians says that we walk not by sight, not by what we can see, but we walk by faith. Galatians 3.11 says we live by faith. Galatians 2.16 says we are justified, we're made just with God by faith. James 1.3 says it is the testing of your faith that produces perseverance. Philippians 3.9 says righteousness, the righteousness that comes to us, the righteousness that makes us right with God, in right standing with God, that righteousness comes to us from God based upon faith. Romans 4.16 says all of the promises of God come to us by Faith. Hebrews 11.6 says that without faith, it is impossible to please God. Now, I can go on and give you a bunch more scriptures. But again, my point is that so much of the Christian walk from its very, very beginning until the very end, uh, until we draw that final breath here upon earth from start to finish, it is based upon faith. Now, if that's true, and I believe it is, then it would be critical for us to understand what faith is and how faith calls us to operate. To me, that is part of what Hebrews 11 is about, and it's really why we're taking the time to kind of look at it. Hebrews 11.1, again, opens by giving us a definition, a description, kind of here's the characteristic of faith. It says, now faith is the substance of things hoped for, the conviction of things not seen. The New English Bible translation kind of uh, states it this way, and it says, and what is faith? Faith gives substance to our hopes. It makes us certain of realities we do not see. So again, our faith is the foundation of what we believe is to come in the future. And it is based upon what God has spoken to us. Faith embraces, it understands the future, what is to come as guaranteed. We have it now. We possess it now in the present. Faith is not believing something in spite of what you think is true. It is believing something because you know is real. It is based upon revelation that has been given to you by God. Biblical faith is faith based on fact, although it is altogether different from fact. The difference between faith and fact can be understood this way. It is a fact, an undeniable fact in here this morning, that you are here in this place and you are sitting in those chairs. 
It is an undisputable fact that I am here this morning, standing behind this pulpit, speaking to you. But it is only by faith that I believe any of you are listening to me. Amen? Like We don't know whether to laugh at that or not. Now, in the original Greek language, this word substance... In some of your translations, it'll use the word title deed or legal guarantee. So one way, again, to understand faith is faith does not say, I'm going to get it. Faith says, I already have it. It's mine. It's based upon, again, what you hear God saying. Biblical faith is founded on facts, and those facts are rooted in the word and in the revelation, the spoken word of God. Now, faith is, again, the legal proof. It is the absolute guarantee of things not seen. Did you know the African impala is one of the most powerful and graceful animals in Africa? It can jump to a height of more than 10 feet and cover a distance of more than 30 feet in one jump. And yet in spite of its great ability, an impala can be kept in an enclosure with a solid fence no higher than three feet high. Impalas will not jump if they can't see where their feet will land. See, impalas walk by sight, not by faith. Faith sees what the physical eye cannot see. The eye gives you sight. Faith gives you vision. Faith sees the invisible, it touches the intangible, it hears the inaudible, and it attempts the impossible. Your sight may be 20-20, but the eyes of your faith, I can assure you, can see deeper, clearer, further, and better than the eyes of your flesh will ever see. Abraham, who we're going to look at this morning, embodied that kind of biblical faith. So if you've got your Bibles with you, I encourage you to open to Hebrews 11. We're going to begin in verse 8. Bit of a lengthy scripture compared to some of the other people we've looked at here so far in Hebrews 11. But there it begins. It says, it was by faith that Abraham obeyed when God called him. Again, he hears the voice of God. He gets a revelation from God. And God called him to leave home and go to another land that God would give him as his inheritance. Abraham went without knowing where he was going. And even when he reached the land, God promised him he lived there by faith. Again, see, it it, it started by faith. And and you just can see this continuation as we're going to see as we get into Abraham's story. He lived by faith. For he was like a foreigner living in tents, and so did Isaac and Jacob, who inherited the same promise. Abraham was confidently looking forward to a city with eternal foundations, a city designed and built by God. It was by faith that even Sarah was able to have a child, though she was barren and was too old. She believed that God would keep his promise. In spite of the great odds she faced, she believed. She said, I've heard God. I've got his promise. I know it's true. I don't understand how he's going to do it, but I believe because he said it, he will. That's faith. And so a whole nation came from this one man who was as good as dead, 
a nation with so many people that like the stars in the sky and the sand on the seashore, there's no way to count them. They did not receive what was promised, but they saw it all from a distance and welcomed it. They agreed that they were foreigners and nomads here on earth. Obviously, people who say such things are looking forward to a country they can call their own. If they had longed for the country they came from, they could have gone back. But they were looking for a better place, a heavenly homeland. That is why God is not ashamed to be called their God, for he has prepared a city for them. It was by faith. Abraham offered Isaac as a sacrifice when God was testing him. Abraham, who had received God's promises, was ready to sacrifice his only son, Isaac, even though God had told him, Isaac is the son through whom your descendants will be counted. Abraham reasoned that if Isaac died, God was able to bring him back to life. And in a sense, Abraham did receive his son back from the dead. Now, again, it's just interesting to me as you kind of read through the whole of Hebrews 11 that of all the great patriarchs of the faith listed there, God obviously wanted uh, the writer of Hebrews, who I believe was Paul, to devote more time to the life of Abraham than anyone else. Now, it would stand to reason that there must be something about Abraham's example and life of faith that God wants us to see. We've talked about Abel. He was a man of unforgettable faith. We've talked about Enoch, a man of undying faith. Noah was a man of unsinkable faith. And Abraham reveals a man of just unbelievable faith. So let's just kind of start here at the beginning. We're going to kind of have to work our way through this story in a couple of segments. I can't get it all in uh, this morning. I tried, uh, but just realize as I'm writing this out, there's no way I can tackle all of this. So let's just kind of start there at the beginning, verse 8. And it just says, it was by faith that Abraham obeyed. Key word there. Faith is nothing without obedience, okay? James says it's dead, Okay, it was by faith that Abraham believed when God called him to leave home and to go to another land that God would give him as his inheritance. Abraham went without knowing where he was going. And again, here we see again, uh, the, the faith responds. This is what faith is. Faith is active. It is responding to something, a revelation that God has given you. It's obeying. It's responding to what you hear God calling you to do. That's why we've always said faith is about hearing. Romans ten seventeen. faith comes by what? Hearing and hearing by just any word, word of God. Until we hear what God is saying, until we get that revelation, there's nothing to put our faith in. So Abraham hears God call him to leave a place. He's lived his whole life. I mean, he's 76 years old at this time. And just leave a place he has grown up, he's known his whole life, go to a distant land. And Abraham exercises, he responds in his faith by obeying what he hears God say. Now again, the amazing aspect of this to me, and I think probably to many of you, is at this point Abraham knew, did not know, had no idea where he was going to end up, what his final destination was going to be. 
God just says, Abraham, I want you to get up, leave your home, leave your family, leave your land, and I want you to go to a different place, and you just keep walking, and I'll tell you when you get there. That's, in essence, what happened. And we tend to gloss over that point pretty quickly, but just think how you would feel. How would you respond to me? What would be your response this morning if you heard God say, and you knew it was God, and God just said, I just want you to get up, pack up, and just, you know, get in your car and head west. Well, where, where are we going, Lord? It uh, doesn't matter. I'll tell you when we get there. I mean, just stop and think about that. That's in essence what happened here. Most of us would be petrified. And I put myself in that camp. I mean, I'm, I'm too type A for this. I remember a woman I met in seminary by the name of Jackie Pollinger. She's currently uh, still serving as a missionary in Hong Kong. She's the founder of the St. Stephen's, Stephen's Society. And she works with some of the most down and out drug addicts in Hong Kong. Now, at the age of 22, she had graduated from the Royal um, College of Music in London. And she specialized in playing the oboe. And at that time, she just felt a very strong call of God upon her life to be a missionary, but she just didn't have any idea where God was calling her to go. And so one day, she just felt a very strong impression from the Holy Spirit that she was just to buy a boat ticket and to buy the boat ticket that would take her the furthest that she had money for. So she buys this boat ticket and she spends the most money that she has to be able to go as far as she possibly could go on that amount of money. And God said, just get on the boat and go. I'll tell you where to get off. When she, the boat landed in Hong Kong, she kind of just felt like God said, okay, this is the place where I want you to get off. So she said she just gets off this boat She's standing in Hong Kong. She knew absolutely nobody in Hong Kong, and she's got $10 in her pocket. And she said the Lord just led her from place to place, person to person, and just through a series of God intervening, God leading, her just walking by faith, she eventually goes on to found this ministry and mission to drug addicts there in Hong Kong. She travels the world uh, just testifying to uh, the miraculous. Uh, again, if God said that to most of us in this room, just buy a boat ticket, get on a boat, keep going till I tell you to get off. I'm not sure about you. But I'm not sure I would have the boldness or the courage to do something like that. See, if God wants me to go somewhere, I generally like to know exactly where and if possible why. I'm just not naturally inclined to go without knowing exactly where and why. Part of that is I am directionally challenged, okay? I, I get lost trying to find the bathroom in this place. But this is what Abraham does. He goes without knowing where he would end up. And as I kind of just stopped and I, I just thought about that and just tried to put myself in Abraham's shoes, I wonder what that felt like. I'm thinking, I'm sure there had to be some fear there. I'm sure there had to be an element of anxiety, of worry, of apprehension. Where is God taking me? What will I be doing when I get there? 
So as I kind of thought about that, I, I kind of thought, you know, I think when God calls us to do big, bold things, when God calls us to step completely out of our comfort zone, I mean, it's just inevitable with that there are going to come, I, I just think, some levels of fear, of worry, of anxiousness, apprehension. And I think these feelings, uh, they're, they're normal. I, I think it's, it's part of being bold and, and being courageous and, and being willing to step out in big ways for God. But while these feelings are normal, I also have the feeling that, that these rob a lot of us of that ability of just obeying and stepping out and living and walking in faith. I mean, there are times where God's called me to do big, bold, courageous things. And maybe not to you, not from your perspective, but from my perspective, they were big, they were bold. And there was some fear and and some worry and some anxiety and some apprehension on that. And again, the key was just kind of trying to rise above all of that and to stay focused and just to continue walking in faith, trusting and knowing that, that, that God is faithful. I hear many Christians, again, they're surprised in their lives because they just kind of believe in whatever way God calls them. If God leads them in a particular direction for their lives, that it should just automatically be easy and simple and free from any sense of worry, fear, anxiety, apprehension. And and so often when when they're just not ready, they're not aware, that, that surprises them, they just tend to step back and say, whoa, I can't deal with all of that. And they're just never, ever able to take that step of faith. They just become surprised and, and overwhelmed by these negative feelings. I've shared the story before, but I remember when I felt called to leave my teaching job in uh, Davenport, Iowa. I had been teaching for four years. I felt like I had a pretty solid career there as a teacher. I felt like I could stay on and probably still be there today teaching in some way in the Davenport Community Schools. Four years into that, I just felt a very strong call of God upon my life uh, to just go to seminary in Wilmore, Kentucky. Now, up to this point in my life, I'd never uh, left home and gone that far away on my own without knowing anyone. I mean, when I went to college in Mount Pleasant, Iowa, from Davenport to Mount Pleasant, I had a younger brother uh, who was there with me at the same time. I was only an hour and a half away from home. I moved to Colorado Springs, lived there for two years, went there and uh, lived with my best friend and his family uh, at the time. And again, even though I was further from home, I at least knew somebody there. Wilmore, Kentucky, I mean, that was a long ways from home. And I didn't know a single person there. I didn't know anyone in the whole state of Kentucky, let alone Wilmore. I'm leaving a full-time job, I'm leaving my family, I'm leaving my friends, I'm leaving security, I'm leaving my church, and I'm going to a whole new place, a whole new life, whole new pursuit, and I'll be honest with you, I was scared to death. You know, as I started making those moves, it just kind of felt like every step I made, you know, you're filling out an application, you're turning in a resignation, you know, you're, you're letting go of the, the lease of your apartment. A, a, with every belonging I was selling, I just kept having this nagging feeling, God, is this really what you want me to do? 
God, is this really you? And I remember thinking, God, if this is you, why am I so scared? Why am I so anxious about this? But again, there was just something so strong in my spirit. It just kept me moving forward in spite of everything I was feeling and encountering. As a matter of fact, at the time, I really didn't quit my teaching job. I thought, I'm going to play it safe. They would let me take a year's leave of absence, and that way if I went down there and it didn't work out and I didn't hear from God, I at least had a job to go back to the following year. That's just how apprehensive and scared I was about this. And I'll admit, the first couple of months down there, and Janie can attest to this, was really quite an adjustment for me. I was, I was lonely. I was very homesick. I had little to no money because I was accustomed to that time of having a great income to do whatever I really wanted to do. And it wouldn't have taken much for anybody to talk me out of being down there and just coming back home. And I tell you that because I just want you to know that sometimes it's normal, especially if God's calling you out in big, bold ways. It's common. It's normal to have some feelings of fear, of worry, of anxiety, again, especially in those big areas of your life. And again, the key is we just got to make sure we recognize And that we just rise above those fears, those worries, those anxieties. Keep our eyes fixed and focused on Jesus. Just keep our hearts uh, in tune to the promise, to that revelation that God has given you, that's calling you out, that's, that's just, you know, drawing you to walk by faith in that area of your life. Now, I did finish my master's degree there. I met my wife, Janie, so it turned out pretty good. But again, I just remember that internal struggle of walking by faith, just hearing what God was calling me to do and just stepping out in spite of a lot of really negative feelings. I want, Pastor Jason and I talked a lot about that this week. Uh, And I I asked him, I I texted him, I said, did you have any fear uh, when you left Pacific Coast and came to Praise Community Church? So I'm going to let him just share a little bit about that. Yeah, so I, I get this text from Pastor Jeff, and he was like, he, and he asks this question. I sat there and I thought about it for a while, and we had things to be at. And I, so I, as I was, the evening went on. I was, I, I remembered more worry than I did fear. Um, and then I sat there and I was like, okay, so I'm going to go and I'm just looked up the word worry, and lo and behold, you know, fear is in the thesaurus for worry. I mean, if you look in the, it's it's the root of it, and so. It's like, I guess I was a little afraid, you know, and, and I, I think about it, I think through it a little bit. Um, and one of the, one in particular area that we were, I would say, worried or fearful was a place to live, you know, because we didn't know Mason City all that well. Leslie's from Rockwell, but we just didn't know where to land and how, how it would all work out and you know, if you look at the numbers, real estate is a little bit more expensive here than it is where we were at. And so we had to sell our house and buy something for a growing family. And it was just like, oh my goodness, this is, this is hard. And I remember a conversation I had, Leslie and I were, it was a, I would say a pointed conversation. It was not an argument, but it was a pointed conversation. And I remember God just giving me Josh, when Joshua, um, 
tells, brings, um, they're taking the ark over the river Jordan, right? So we all know that, we all like the story where Moses raises his hands, you know, and the waters part and they walk through dry land. But the priests, I, I told Leslie, I remember the priests had to go and step into the water. Like they had to get in the water before the water like stopped. And I said, I looked at Leslie, I said, I think we just have to do, we just have to step in the water. We just have to go and I don't know what that looks like, what that means. And I remember then I came, at this time we were kind of going back and I was coming here quite a bit. Um, we didn't have a place to stay. And finally, um, I think um, Christy Tass had plugged me in with some people to get a rental house. And so I went and rented, I signed a lease for a home on 19th street and we still had the mortgage. We hadn't sold our house in Wayne. I was like, this is not wise. This is not a good thing. And I, I was like, God, I, this is just makes, I, I had peace about it though, but there was this worry and I signed the lease, went and got the keys to the house. Um, and was driving. I was got the keys to the house, checked it over. I was like, okay, this has got to work at least for three months, you know, where we can land. And I was driving away from the house to head back to Nebraska. And Leslie calls me and said, we just got a cash offer on our house. I was like, okay, God, you have my attention. And, and not to say that that like diminished every worry and every fear, but I had something to stand on. And I had a testimony to stand on. So that's kind of what came to my mind when you asked that. Good. Thanks. Again, my, my point being is that every one of you in this room, I, I mean, you have heard God calling you out in some big and bold ways. And, and some of you have really stepped up and you've, you've taken that on. You've embraced that. I mean, you've walked in obedience um, in that. Even though there are those moments, like what Jason and I have talked about, where there is that fear, that worry, that apprehension. You're wondering, God, how are you going to make all of this work? Um, some of you, you know, you've heard that. I mean, there are areas in my life I've heard God speak to me. But the worry, the fear, the apprehension got the best of me. And I just stood back and said, I can't do that. This morning, what I want to do as we uh, just um, prepare to close here this morning. Again, every one of us in this room have the ability to walk by faith. It, it, it is a fruit of the Spirit, is it not? Faithfulness, faith, it's the same thing. It's a fruit of the Spirit. It is something the Holy Spirit has, is, and will continue to produce in you. This isn't about faith to get saved. This isn't faith, you know, to go to heaven someday when you die. That's important faith. It's a part of it, but it's not the totality of it. You need faith to get saved, and you need faith to live, to walk Again, remember what the scripture says, without faith, it's impossible to please God. We need faith in order to please God. It's, it's, it's an indispensable component of every one of our lives and walks this morning. So this isn't something you can just pick and choose. I'm interested, I'm not interested. I want to, I don't want to. We're all called to walk by faith. The scriptures actually says that to each one of you, you've been given a measure of faith. And see, oftentimes what we do with that measure of faith determines 
do we get more? Does it increase or does it decrease? See, when you get a measure of faith and you step out and you're obedient to that, guess what happens? Your faith increases. You, you begin to take bigger, bolder steps in God. Oftentimes what happens, at least in my experience, when I have decreased or chosen not to walk in faith in that particular area, what I'll begin to do is I'll just see my faith kind of begins to decrease. So that each one of you has been given a measure of faith. The question is, what are you going to do with that? And again, I think oftentimes the reason most of us step back it's because we've allowed those fears, those worries, those apprehensions, those questions to pretty much overwhelm and to kind of just block out whatever we hear God calling us to do. And so this morning, what I want to do is I just want to pray for you this morning. I'm going to pray for those of you that have just taken those big, bold, courageous steps in God. You're walking, you're living by faith. And you've overcome any of those fears, those questions, those worries. Man, I could put Pastor Jim up here and he could tell you the same stories in his, you know, the trajectory of his life. Especially over the last five to ten years. They've been walking a lot by faith. I just pray for you that are doing that, that, that you would just continue to walk boldly and just confidently trusting in God to honor his word, to keep his promises to you. I want to pray for those of you this morning that maybe have heard that and for whatever reasons you've just stepped back. And what I want to ask God to do again this morning is I just want him to speak again. I, I just want God again just to call you out. And for some of you this morning, I'm going to ask God to call you out in big, bold ways this morning. Some of this will be kind of Abraham-esque, you know? And I just want to tell you, there may be a little worry. There may be a little fear there. There may be a little apprehension there. But I just want to trust that you're going to hear God so loudly and so confidently that you're just going to be able to rise above all of that. And just say, God, I recognize it's there. But I also recognize you are there and greater is he that is in me than he or anything that is in the world. So the third thing I want to pray for this morning are just praying for those of you that just have never heard that before in your life. As you kind of hear me talk about this, this just may be something that is so foreign to you. I've never heard God speak or God call me out in any big way. And I, again, I just want to tell you that God desires to speak, to reveal his plans, his purposes for your life. Not just in the big ways, but also in the little ways. And maybe for some of you this morning, it's just where you need to start is in the baby steps. And that's okay. Because baby steps lead to, you know, bigger, more confident steps as we grow in the Lord. So I'm just going to invite all of you to stand this morning, invite the worship team to come back up. And I'm just going to pray for you this morning. You know by the Conviction of the Holy Spirit. You know what camp you're in this morning. You know uh, you're one of the three areas. You, you know where you kind of fall in those three areas uh, this morning. So we're just going to ask God to speak uh, to you this morning. And then are we, are we closing with that one song, I'm a child of God? I'd love to. Okay.
We're going to close with that song because, again, I feel like for some of you that really is a, a, really a key area for you. Uh, it is, again, this morning for, for all of us, it's just that declaration, I, am, I, I no longer walk in fear. Is that what it is? I, I'm no longer a child of... I'm, <laughs> well, we've only sang it once, so I'm no longer a slave to fear. That's right. Yeah. God has not given you the spirit of fear, the scripture says, but he's given you a spirit of love, power, and a sound mind. Amen. Father, we just thank you, Lord, that we are not a slave to fear, that we are children of God. And Father, I pray this morning for those individuals who are here God, who are living their life in just complete and total obedience and abandonment to you. And Father, I pray, Lord, that you would just continue to bless them, to just overwhelm them with your provision, your power, your presence in their life, in their ministry, in their faith, in their obedience to you, Father. And Lord, I just pray if there's bigger, bolder ways that you want to call them out this morning, God, we know that they hear your voice and that, God, they're, they're, they're longing, they're willing to walk in that, at that level of obedience this morning. So, Father, I just pray, Lord, again, just a fresh release of your Holy Spirit over those who are just walking in that confidence and that obedience this morning. Father, I also pray for those who have just heard your voice, that, God, maybe you've called them out in big and bold ways. And God, maybe fear and worry and anxiety and apprehension, God, has just caused them to retreat, to step back. That God, maybe they're questioning, did I really hear God? Did you really say that? Are you really calling me to do that? And so God, this morning, I just pray, God, that you would just ramp up, amp up your voice in their spirit, man, this morning, God. That you would once again speak. That God, they would hear, that they would know it is you. That, God, that they would know that these feelings of fear, of worry, apprehension, they're normal. But they're not in charge. So, Father, I just pray, Lord, again, open the ears, the eyes of their heart. That, God, they would hear your voice. And, God, this time, rather than stepping back, God, they'll step forward. God, I just pray, Lord, that you'll bless them, give them boldness, give them courage. Even if it's in these small little baby steps, we know, God, that they'll lead to greater steps of faith. So, Father, I, just, I pray for them this morning, God, that they would not see this as a failure, but, God, that they would see this as a second opportunity, a third, a fourth opportunity to just, again, step forward and say, God, I hear you, and God, I'm willing to obey you. Father, I also pray for those this morning, God, that maybe as we're talking about this, hearing your voice, walking in obedience, God, that it's just a foreign concept to people here this morning. So, God, I would just pray, Lord, just for just an opening of their hearts, their ears this morning. That, God, there would just be that inner, that still, that small, yet persistent voice. That God would just begin to speak to them. Begin to give them revelation, direction for their lives. And again, God, even if it starts in just very small ways, God, I pray, Lord, that you would just give them the discernment to know it is you. 
And Father, again, I just ask that you would give them boldness and courage to just step out. And God, to be aware of those negative feelings that may come with that. But for them again to know that this is your voice and greater are you in them than anyone or anything in the world. And so, Father, I just pray a release of your voice and your spirit for each one of us in this place. And that, God, we can join those men, those women in Hebrews 11, that we would know what it is to please you because our heart's desire is to hear you and to be obedient to you in what we hear. And, Father, we just thank you for this. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Thanks for listening. For more information about Praise Community Church, including gathering times and events, please visit us at praisecc.org.